Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara of Star Sound Astrology, episode 184. And I'm so excited. Finally, finally, we got Andrea Michelle. She is back again with us. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you, Irliana. It's always fun to be with you. Oh, yay. And that's Leo season. So like me, the Leo in the house, right? <laughs> I promise I'm going to be, I'm not going to do my Leo thing. I'm going to let you do the talking. <laughs> oh, no, I want it to be a co-creative effort. Absolutely. Okay. All right. But, but I just, I'm just so excited to, um, to have you back. Cause <laughs> so guys, you know, since Andrea and I, we've been talking and talking and sharing since she was on that um, epic um, lunar eclipse um, if you have a chance and you haven't seen it and you're new to the channel just FYI here Liana Samsara we do I do Hellenistic astrology blended with modern and um, and Andrea does her a, a very well you'll she'll tell you it's phenomenal work with the divine feminine and in, in just yeah I'll let you do that but um, just to say that um, the these um, uh, gosh, I'm sorry. Blah, blah, my mind just went blank, but I was going to say, um, but yeah, the, um, our conversations and yes, yes, that's right. Thank you. Our conversations around, um, the, if you haven't had a chance, go to that video on, um, where she's talking about the lunar eclipse, the May 16th lunar eclipse in Scorpio. And of course, since we are still in that Taurus Scorpio eclipse axis, it's, these are themes that are going to be coming up for the next year you know, well into May where, where our, you know, our eclipses in this fall and then next spring. So um, anyway, if you haven't, please take a moment because it was so rich and deep. And I have to thank you, Andrea, because there was such amazing insights and it just comforts my heart to hear us share the things that you share with us then. And I know that you're going to share today. Uh, wow, of, of all the times we are in such a, a zone of, um, we are really needing to lean into these powerful conversations. So everybody, as, as we know, we're moving into this conjunction, this historic conjunction of Mars, the North Node and Uranus and 17, 18 degrees on August 1st of Taurus and, and what that means. And um, I know we've already, I've already had uh, Ari Moshe Wolf share from the evolutionary astrology perspective, which was hugely important, uh, huge satisfaction. And, and so now, um, and, but I feel, I, I asked Andrea, can you please come back? And I just feel that there's more to be said. And now that we're on top of this conjunction, uh, yeah, like I think it's just, in, it's in our soup, you know, we're, we're swimming in this, in this soup and we, we need this, um, you know, we need these directions and, and uh, we need to lean on each other. So yeah. take it away. <laughs> oh, gosh, thank you for that beautiful introduction. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just sharing that, yeah, we have been speaking about this. It's on, I mean, anybody who's an astrologer is speaking about this conjunction and everybody has their own unique take to it. The way that I am... And, and you and I discussed how we both watched the CIA, the Cosmic Intelligence Agency. That was a wonderful interview with Gary Caton and Maurice Fernandez and Julia Simas around how the, I mean, I will, we won't go too much into this here because people can look it up and, and watch it. It was free, but how prior Uranus North Node conjunctions seem to always indicate a new advancement or a new branch of astrology coming through. 
And so one of the things, I guess we can start here, um, that I'm seeing and feeling into this is my own interest in uh, geomancy and the relationship. I think we spoke about this too. This book that I'm reading, it's called The Emerald Modem. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's phenomenal. It's all about really, really reinvigorating the human within the context of being intermediary with the earth and cosmos. And they're not unrelated. And really, literally, the sacred sites on the earth, the ley lines within the earth, um, the sacred wells and springs and things that are seen and unseen, or people who can see with, you know, visionary sight. All of this is reflective on the earth and in our human bodies of what the cosmos holds. And so Uranus in Taurus conjunct the North Node coming back to earthly astrology, astrology that really, really, you know, embodied astrology, yes, but really like bringing in how the constellations that are within the field of the earth matrix illuminate and are reflective of what's above, literally the above and below, the hermetic principle and really the excitement of engaging in that way by visiting these sacred sites, practicing making ourselves available to receive what these sacred sites have for us, right? This to me is also a new, an old new technology Mm -hmm. or a new old technology because this has been going on on the earth for thousands if not millions of years. But oftentimes we need to be reminded or things come back when we're available for them. So nothing's ever really gone away. Things just kind of go dormant um, or become latent possibilities. And so it feels to me like one of the situations this Mars-Uranus North Node conjunction in that lens could be is a reinvigorating of really, really coming back to Earth, choosing to come back to the Earth as holding all we need in terms of our astrological knowledge and wisdom, where it lives in our bodies, not just mm-hmm. downloading from up here, but uploading from inside. Equally important, right? Mm-hmm. To, to balance. The I like that. Yeah. You know, when you say that, I think about this explosion of interest in, for example, medical astrology. There's an example like Judith Hill and, you know, and, and, and everybody that is talk about the and so many people um don't realize that there the the correlation between every body part and every degree of the zodiac and it is that like you were saying earlier that connection and that it's connected to you know our meridians of light in the keys of enoch they talk about the keys the um the meridians of light in the body are all connected to planetary spheres and so that knowledge was cut off where you know every it was just it's just this physical body and you are not connected to anything. And it's like, oh, you know, we're seeing the the why that that's been and that there is so much more that has been shut down and we're we're reconnecting with that. But medical astrology is, my goodness, it's, you know, really booming. And you also, I want to, too, we want to make sure um, the, the course that you're offering, you're going to, you started one and you're doing another one uh, really soon. And I, I, I'm sure that that's also, you know, I'm sure you probably felt inspired by the embodiment of astrology and discover, you know, what you're going to be offering in that course. So I want to make sure we cover that as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to mention a little bit about that here. It's just, 
it's called fine tuning and it's basically about really really dialing it in all my virgo is very excited about this (laughs) to the beautiful nuances of the chart and additional ways we can curate an experience for our clients or our family members or even for ourselves to really really come into some of the finer points of astrology and like open up the gem the facet of astrology through discovering you know the aspects the difference between applying versus separating aspects or um midpoints the magic of midpoints really really diving into the angles and what the angles can do for us what they what they mean and a much more holistic way to situate us literally in our cross of matter and working with chandra symbols and sabian symbols and all the different ways we can accentuate for our clients um different aspects of the chart to really bring it more alive and more more personal more intimate for them so yeah Mm, yeah and it opens new doors of understanding oh yeah and deeper appreciation for yeah again like nuances of things so yeah I know for me, for example, like I was born on a new moon and, um, you know, new moon in Leo. So um, I got this whole other level of understanding going, okay, I I mean, Leo is going to be the big kid. I'm always, I'm like the big kid, excitement, enthusiasm, but new moon with that. It's like, oh my God, big kid on steroids. And it's never going to leave me. It's, and that childlike curiosity and excitement, it's like, that's not childish, you know, it's not childish unless you make, you know, the ego gets involved, but <laughs> not that I haven't been, but, um, but the, but childlike and that, that zest for life and passion, enthusiasm. So just to, just to see my life in terms of that, just by looking at the phase of the moon. And I know you're going to talk about not just that the phase of the moon tells a whole story, but every planet, every symbol where, where it is next to the sun, far from the sun, opposite, you know, all of these phases and things that everything tells a story. And, and I, I'm just so into that. So yeah, as we're heading into Virgo season after Leo, <laughs> that'll be so perfect. Right. Yes. Yes. I yeah, hope so. Yeah. I hope it's, you know, yeah. So well, thank you. Just so that. let's get the name of that, uh, your website where people can find out more and register. Oh, the name it's, of I guess maybe you can put it, it's a, it's a MailChimp landing page. So it's kind of a long name, but basically. Okay. But well, PreciousHumanBirth.com is your. PreciousHumanBirth.com under events. Yeah. You can find events. it. There. Okay, great. And I'll put the link to that. So you Thank guys you. can just check that link below as you like, share, and subscribe this to this podcast. That's right. <laughs> and check out Andrea's offerings. They're deep. But anyway, so getting back to their conversation on the Mars, Uranus, North Node, you know, when I was doing my um, research, what I found was the last time, I know you just were mentioning how, you know, when you go back in cycles around every 16, 17 years, Uranus meets up with the North Node, of course, it's in different signs. But the last time Mars, Uranus, and North Node were conjunct at the exact degree that it's going to be now, 18 degrees, um, was 325 BC. Mm. And when then again, you know, of course, as astrologers, we look and say, well, what's what was going on then? The historical, the story that that tells. And that was when Alexander the Great uh, came back from India. He went as far as India and opened up the East to the West and, and uh, or the West to the East or vice versa or both. And that's when the Hellenistic era, the, you know, the Greek empire really took root 
And so it, it became this huge um, connecting Europe and Asia. There's this whole new era, this cultural era, the blending of the two cultures and, um, you know, connected the world. Uh, huge, you know, they named Alexandria after him in, in Egypt, which was the world's largest library. And so before the Romans burnt it down, you know, years later, but but they had all these the world's greatest collection of astrological manuscripts and knowledge. And so everyone was into astrology. So I just find that's really fascinating yeah, that now yeah. here yeah. we are. Here we are. And I love that you also mentioned something when we talked before we got on fertility astrology becoming a really like a niche type of avenue through it. I mean, it's a fortunate, unfortunate, depending on how we look at it. Um, you know, need perhaps that's going to be, that's coming or is going to continue to come, but fertility astrology, fertile earth Taurus, you know, mm, we yes. fertilizing. Yeah, exactly. So that's a beautiful observation too, that you had there around that. Fertility, so, medical astrology, fertility astrology. Oh, yes. Yep. And then look in the light of Roe Wade, it's like going, wait a minute, the, there's an empowerment here that's waiting for us. And sometimes with Uranus, it can indicate, you know, catastrophe and 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 such. So out of loss or abandonment of something like, say, losing Roe Wade constitutional right, it's like out of that, there is some kind of opening. And so, yeah, it's like it's maybe if that didn't happen, we'd what's the Taurus thing? Complacency, comfort zone. Sometimes we have to be shaken and not in a happy way in order to come into our power. So you got it. Yeah. That's right. And that's the beat. That's the shaken up part that of the, you know, Uranus and Taurus North node is itself the shaking up, but Mars is like the, the fine point punctuation mark on there, the igniting spark. And this is the conversation that I owe my friend, Justin, uh, not Justin, I'm sorry, Jordan, sorry, Jordan, um, a nod to, we had a conversation this morning and he, I said, you know, there's a Promethean quality too, to Uranus, right? The mm. bringer of fire. Yes. To, so Mars, Uranus, the fire element there, bringing fire to release trapped sunlight. He said, he reminded me that Dane Rudyard spoke about that, like trees. When we light uh, a log on fire, we're lighting, basically we're igniting the trapped sunlight that through photosynthesis, the tree received and contained for its own life force vitality. So when we're burning wood, we are actually, which is an earth element, right? right? So we are releasing the trapped fire within. And that's what's so interesting to me around the sun is Leo when this takes place, right? Releasing the fire of the sun, Saturn in square to the nodes, retrograde. So it's like releasing trapped ancient technology, which is really more the technology of the human body that already exists within the nadis, the channels, the winds of the body. So it's really, it doesn't have to get any more complex than that. It can be really like a simplified, but beautifully organic, re-relating with the body as the complex instrument technological instrument that it is returning to the wisdom that is already inherently here that's one choice mm, i love that it yeah. is our bodies we are that original technology it's not the ai that has been developed as a you know it's like antithetical 
and there's our choice, you know, and, and yes. I think too, when I think about Uranus, I think of Kundalini energy and the, the nervous system, the light, which is the nervous system is the physical representation of the light body. So we ignite with Kundalini breath work and um, pranayama, mm. this, this life force that's within us, like you saying, the tree has the trapped sunlight. And it's like, yeah. we, we can be that too. We can engage Mars, right? Taking action and engaging these uh, you know, um, this part of ourselves that's, yeah, and, and using and, and embodying that with Saturn and Aquarius, yeah, like go back to the future. Yes, exactly, exactly. And and let the past, I always like to look at Saturn, especially retrograde, as allowing the past to catch up with us, which most of us don't want to do. That's why mm -hmm. we're constantly, that's why all these things, the, the more shadowy side you could say of mars uranus and, and the north node is like this constant like drive toward futuristic technologies especially when they're melded with the body you know ai with the body that seemingly is promoted as helpful or beneficial but we really really need to take time to question is that so is just because it has it's a shiny new bell and whistle and it promises you know instant comfort again is that necessarily the best thing because as you said comfort can be complacency and are we sacrificing comfort for choice for true choosing and or deferring defaulting to survival based response rather than an actual embodied conscious choosing are we letting this conjunction reignite the trapped fire which is inspiration which is more vital vitality more of our innate life force which we're going to be tempted to try to control with our minds too that could be saturn squaring retrograde in aquarius trying to get logic in there the mind to constrict reconstruct this life force or for nefarious ends or for um a group that might have a special interest in doing that or government you know whatever i don't want to get too far into that but we really where is our life force going and for whom is it serving is it serving something or someone outside of us or is it really really in service to us who benefits who me? benefits from it exactly and even mm -hmm. if it means well, generally any true spiritual pursuits requires this being uncomfortable we our initiations require a capacity to be able to be with the discomfort in order to access the gems underneath. Otherwise, it's bypassing. Yeah. Otherwise, it's wishful thinking. Otherwise, it's sleepwalking. You got it. And this is where when Mars and Neptune conjuncted in May 17th, right after the, the lunar eclipse at Scorpio, we were making a choice whether we were conscious or not at the time. Do I want to stay complacent and continue to be ignorant of the choices that I'm making because it was trying the South Node? Or do I really want to use this to break free of this veil of illusion that I've actually been making choices from an empowered place? And this brings me a little bit because we talked about, um, I mentioned Chiron mm -hmm. and how Chiron in Aries, which is ruled by Mars, and there's a whole, we don't have to go into this whole thing, but it's really, really telling too that Chiron in Aries, Chiron was discovered in Taurus. 
So when Chiron, we're kind of in the like final trimester of the gestation of the first period, this first cycle of getting familiar with Chiron. So Chiron in Aries impacts our choice. It shows us no matter whether we were born with Chiron in Aries or not, each of us somewhere somehow is facing wherever Chiron is transiting in our charts where we have abnegated choice, where we have been choosing through default or choosing through a woundedness, a defensiveness, a reaction, true, a reaction, exactly, in order to avoid true vulnerability, in order to avoid mm -hmm. an authentic experience of the power of choice and the fear that necessarily comes around choosing for ourselves. For So I mentioned that as a gentle kind of backdrop. If we really want to make use of Mars as choosing, choosing on our own behalf, not just for the lower will, but choosing for what is in our best interest and a deeper, deeper, deeper soul level, then it's incumbent upon us to also get more honest around where am I default choosing? Where am I choosing as a reactivity for safety and security for, you know, I need to keep things the same because I might not survive otherwise, survival, Aries. Right. So all these things are good to kind of have a gentle, like form a gentle relationship with this. And, you know, to whatever extent we are available to become more intimate with that in us, the more empowered we will be to actually make choices that are in our long-term deep wisdom self-interest, not just for the sake of maintaining some semblance of I got to keep going the way it is because I won't survive otherwise really really checking in with those belief systems that are functioning having us function in that way rather than a deeper more embodied empowered choice which is what the Taurus north node is really asking of us and um, Venus will be in cancer in a trine Almost exact by 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 degree, not by minute, but an exact trine. I'm sorry, second to that conjunction. Oh, so there's really a lot of. Do you want me to pull up the chart? Sure. So there's okay. so much feminine energy, Taurus, Cancer, really, really, and Taurus and Venus, the ruler of this whole party there in Taurus. So Uranus conjunct. Okay, here it is at. Um, 18 degrees. This is August 1st, where it's um, 18 degrees. Let me see, let me make it for, actually, let's make this for Washington, DC. So we, we look at um, the United States, the city of Washington. So um, where that's occurring in the fourth house of the home. Look at that angular fourth. Gotta love it. Um, yep. So um, anyway, yeah, so there's, this is August 31st is when um, the day before, whoops, sorry, one month. July 31st, yeah. Yeah, yeah. July 31st, that's when, uh, oh, it is still at 18, okay, great, yeah. Sunday, July 31st, yep, coming just a few days away. We can see all this, 18, 18, 18. And I love that Sabian symbol, uh, that Julia was saying the Sabian symbol for um, that degree is called a new continent arises from the ocean. 
this is our new continent. This is where what what where we are containing ourselves, continent. And I love the fact that you know I I, I remember reading uh, Edgar Casey years ago. He's talked about Atlantis rising again and like literally not just like a, a metaphor where of course that's that's also true from but a, a new continent is arising and when you talk about the the choice we have between this embodied um wisdom versus the uranus also representing ai and computers and such and the technological progress and and and, and i remember too when i studied kabbalah years ago they used to talk about you know, the thing about technology is that it has to keep pace with spirituality. And if it doesn't, then there's an imbalance. Yeah. And, and that's what happened in Atlantis, that we it got too much into tech and the, the spirituality fell away. And of course, that was that was the end of that. So we're at this tipping point again. There's Saturn retrograde in Uran in Aquarius squaring the nodes new technology that arises are we going to revert back to the past where atlantis fell you were exactly right atlantis was according to history edgar casey and all that history history might be too much of a strong term there but the legends you could say um it fell because there were two factions one which that had this powerful technology one which used it wanted to use it for spiritual advancement and another that wanted to use it for power and control what is the south node in scorpio power and control right spiritual advancement north node for organic the organic evolution taurus of authentic human spirituality so we are at this crisis point again you could say as a species new technology that arises that's coming up literally the old the new is the old again the old is new again so to remember the history and the lessons of the past to inform us of the choices for the future and not to be stuck in what so but which so much of our mainstream society and culture is trying to keep us complacent with the newest technologies to keep us comfortable well we just talked about earlier that comfort is not all it's cracked up to be Comfort can be complacency. If we're choosing comfort over discomfort, sometimes, and again, this is where we have to, we can choose to be more honest with ourselves about how much we're, you know, where we're, what we're choosing in this is, am I, am I choosing to remain ignorant? Or am I really, am I going to just use this discomfort for my advantage and my growth? <clears throat> Not to avoid mm -hmm. it, not to get beyond it, but to use it as that fire, as that fire, the burning of the log to release the fire within, to release the that. solar light within. Yeah, and that, that the um, when you talk about the uh, that, what comes to mind is um, my well, two things. One is my spiritual teacher. She used to say, "Comfort is death." You know, when it gets to that point, it, it, it can kill you hanging on to that comfort. And I remember this um, years ago, I used to write film reviews and I looked at the spiritual messages of movies. And um, I remember um, when the movie, the Pixar movie, WALL-E, do you remember WALL-E? 
um, it was it was just great. It was this little robot. It was this cute little robot, and he, oh, um, he yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, and he goes on this adventure, and he and he ends up. Earth has become destroyed. It's it's it was interesting ahead of its time. It was probably like fifteen years ago, but it was very much a Uranus and Taurus thing because here's this robot in this Earth's resources have been destroyed, and he ends up hitching a ride, you know, by uh, the unusual circumstances, uh, and then his spaceship. And this spaceship is where all these um, humans have relocated to the spaceship because Earth got too destroyed. So they're all cruising through space, enjoying the spaceship, and they all were really, really obese. And they were all, they nobody walked. They were all in these like floating chairs. And they all had this giant, you know, I think like 7-Eleven big gulp, you know, soda containers. And they were just sitting there with their containers and they're floating and gliding and everything's happy and perfect because technology made their lives exactly. so comfortable. And then Wally, of course, is this stirring up this, you know, but at one point, the captain of the ship, um, he, it's like the, the ship runs on autopilot. He, the captain was really just there as a figurehead. He didn't even have to do much, but there's this really gripping moment. And they even had the, the, um, the famous, uh, the symphony from a 21st, the 21st century space odyssey, um, thus spoke Zarathustra, the famous classical piece. And you see, you know, dum, 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 you know, everybody knows that that's, that, um, piece of music and 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 it's a scene where he has to grab control back again i'm just getting chills saying this to you but i remember he shuts off the or tries to and he's reaching and reaching and he, he to shut off the autopilot so he comes back into his power and he shuts down the technology and and so he can drive the ship i mean it was it, it's really speaking to everything here that yes. that he's sharing that's right on and and not to give comfort a bad rap, like in and of itself. And it's not like right because, right. but it's it's because pleasure can still be a part of it, like joy. But it's it's like finding it's just really breaking free from Uranus. Our what how we've been limiting comfort, how we've been limiting pleasure, how we've been limiting joy and what it means to to be alive and to just get by in a way yeah These things that are being challenged and we're asked being asked to make a choice with mars there and again with chiron there in the background and chiron is in a in a an inconjunct relationship with the north node and the, with this whole stellium which means an inconjunct is a relationship where there's it's not being seen it's in a blind spot so again, to keep really the blind spot in our in our sights, to be able to to name the blind spot, let it be there. And with Chiron, the the wisdom method of of working with Chiron is never to fix anything. The wisdom of Chiron is to let the let the the pain tenderize us make us vulnerable to what is actually here. And then we come back to Venus and cancer, right? So everything is supporting us to really, really find the power of vulnerability because Venus is actually, yeah, the, the power of our vulnerability to get us out of this constant 
going faster and faster and faster into the future without tending to letting the past catch up with us, grieving whatever we need to grieve around it, without making accentuating or exacerbating the story around it. All these things can really, really bring us back into an authentic choosing deeper in our bodies, more authentically connected with the intimacy of what we really desire, what we really, really want for ourselves, for others, for the future. Yeah. Beautiful. And and two, when I think about letting the past catch up with you, the, the good, take the good things from the past, all the, the, the things that we want to have as a legacy and, um, and then, but, and also looking really truthfully in that Saturnian way of let's be real about like Saturn retrograde Aquarius, let's go back and look at, you know, when, when we had this much, um, you know, profligate expansion of technology, like look what happened in Atlantis and let's remember those lessons. Yes. And unless we get, you know, you get, you got it exactly. Unless we get caught up in, oh, but Atlantis is a myth. We don't even know it. Whether it's a, a myth or was real is irrelevant to what it holds for us. It really does. I mean, some people say, and I, that myths are actually history. Yeah. But it, really, really, on some level, somewhere it's actual, it's, it's reality, real. whether it's on, whether it's ever been on this plane or not. And what's interesting is the Emerald Modem speaks to that, which is a fascinating book about the different multiple levels of reality on different planes. But I digress. The if we are too easy, too casually dismiss something because it's not, it doesn't meet what makes sense to us initially, and we don't receive it and let it just kind of like wash over us, is where in 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 me, whether it's comfortable or not, speaking of uncomfortable, is there a resonance here for me? That's the vulnerability piece that really can get us past the safeguards of the protective mechanisms of always on the offensive, where can we be on the recept on the receptive aspect of this so that we can make a choice? So instead of Mars commanding, it's the feminine, Venus being like, wait, let's receive this. And then yes. we make an empowered choice from a vulnerable, powerful place that's more authentically aligned with both the masculine and the feminine. Yeah, it's a new way for Mars to be. I love the fact that he's in his exile in Taurus. This is happening. It's it's perfect. It's it's just so, it's such a yes. wonderful story around that. Yeah, yes. moving yes. out of that reactive conquering, that conquering mentality of competition and conquering into like cooperation, mm -hmm. and blending and connecting and cooperating. It's just, yeah. it's, it's so yummy. Yes. I love it. It is yummy. Yes, it is yummy. The potential of that is yummy. And one of the things that I also want to um, bring in here, well, two things, if that's okay. Sure. Um, Adam Gainsbourg did this really amazing video on the U.S. Pluto return that were still happening. Where there's There were three direct hits. The last one just happened in July. It was July 4th. Probably yes, the most amazing to retrograde, which is yeah. how Pluto was at right. the founding of the U.S. And he talks right. about the founding of the U.S. as being a grand experiment in localization that got derailed. It's a fascinating. Wow, I have to go look that up. It's really potent, 
and we're still in the middle of it. Now, this is not just for the U.S., but but I mean, we're, our, your audience is is from all sorts of places. But a lot of people historically, at least up until recently, maybe have looked to the U.S. as sort of the leader. But the U.S. was actually, he also states, never actually meant to be a superpower in the world. It was more like a, and I'm paraphrasing here, kind of like a laboratory cauldron experiment of this grand experiment in localization. So, so talk more about that, the localization. So I'd have to go back and, and rewatch it myself, but basically it's... Not being centralized. Well, it's it's being centralized in ourselves. It's It's ultimately another way of saying it for my... I hope I'm not doing it a disservice from, but from my vantage point, from what I understand Adam's saying is it's literally like a grand experiment in individuation. Okay. Through individuation, the way that Carl Jung spoke of it, not just right. you know, in over in analyzing things with the mind, but he went in, he, this was choosing. He chose to go into the darkest places in his psyche and become intimate to the extent he was available with these aspects of his being without turning away from them. And basically any kind of authentic individuation is like requires an availability to own the full spectrum of who we are as a human being, not who we want to be, not just our spiritual selves, not just love and light all the time, but the experiment of localization could be with the sun's, with the U.S.'s son, I'm serious, in cancer, cancer being the sign of the self-identity and Sirius being that bright, bright star, which is literally like a, a, a stargate and a very, in a, the Isis star too, by the way, mm -hmm. which is a whole other topic. But the localization, the transduction of all of our multivalent selves into the localized human the human in this time and space, not trying to be anything else, not reaching for something that we're not available for, but this localization of how much can I be my full self here in 3D and be with others who are also experimenting in this localization of themselves. What does that look like? And it's wow. an experiment. I love that. And I don't think that that has to go away. That impulse and it doesn't have to be just the u.s this is also what uranus mars in taurus squaring saturn retrograde in aquarius can be it's like rooting into and stabilizing in our local multivalent selves i love that and i think too the usa the um I actually, I, I have, um, I can pull up the, the chart of the USA if you want, but I know the USA um, moon is in um, Aquarius and that is, um, yes. And yeah. that's where Saturn, exactly. Is, is that's where Saturn right retrograded. Yeah. Right on that, moon. right on that moon, right there. Yes. yes. It's like crazy. That's just, uh, so yes, it is for the world. And it's since we are in, the throes of our USA Pluto return. Isn't that interesting that Saturn retrograded? It's just such cosmic divinity, there's such divinity to all this. So there's that moon and Saturn retrograded on that. And um, I guess I can I can pull up the clock. Um, 
whereas uh yeah so we can see here saturn there it is you know it stopped and it's going backwards and it's going to swing back again several months from now um and so it's talk about going back to the and i feel too with the you, you know with this pluto return is of the usa it's like wow you know this is where we get to go back to go hey guys you know let's remember this this was supposed to be a lesson or an experience we'll say not a lesson but an experience in localization and and hey why don't we go back to the the original um plan you know that that that's really how how we uh you know what it's it's best it would operate best in right yes and another thing that i'm noticing too here with the us is mars at 21 um gemini yes here it is the yes. mars, mars uh, op sun opposition is happening at 16 degrees of gemini so mars will have been retrograding from 21 degrees in what adam calls the the maturity phase of the mars cycle before he reaches transcendence so this is a maturation of our martian masculine function in both women and men when is the maturation phase? How many degrees would that be? The final oh, maturation degree? phase takes a while. Um, and I'm not hundred percent sure when it starts. I have the calendar, but basically transcendence is three days. It's one day before one day exact and one day afterward. Oh, which okay. is Mars is, he calls it the, um, it's the masculine form of transformation for, for the feminine. It is transmutation in the underworld. But the masculine form of transformation is transcendence. And there's much oh. more we can say about that. I don't want to, that's for another time. But right. um, yeah, but interesting. We are literally asked, being asked to put our big girl boy pants on and really, really align with the our higher will, our deeper will, Pluto, our lower will, or not lower that being worse, at all lower being the more you know the more imminent immediate but mm -hmm. aligning the soul and the will and the fact that we're having this mars um retrograde um coming in october 30th it's going to be just a few degrees i think it's 25 degrees past the usa mars and it'll, it'll so we're having a mars return and it'll be retrograding right over the usa mars so yeah this is this is definitely our time yes to big boys, big wisely. Boys. Yes. Yeah. Hence, hence Chiron, hence vulnerability, hence yes. Yeah, yeah. I just think that that's so cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's so exciting. This is a very exciting time for um you know, for for I I uh, one of my uh friends is actually her her baby is due on the day of the conjunction. Oh, wow. Can you imagine having that's a Yes. wow potent baby yes exactly holy moly yeah it's so pretty exciting Yolanda, um, there was one more thing i wanted to share a little bit about um i i, I happened to notice ariel gutman who's an amazing astrologer she wrote the book venus star points right oh yeah she her, was my also, first astrology book was the um mythic oh. astrology uh, applied her and and um, oh, Kenneth johnson yeah, I yeah. love that book. Good, good. Yeah, she's she's great. She talks about how Uranus and Mars are also in parallel by declination, which is a whole other thing too. So just briefly for any of your listeners who might not know what that is, declination is measured 
by the um, position of the sun or any other planet in relationship to the equator of the earth projected into space, right? Which is a whole other, it's different than the ecliptic, which is the perceived path of the sun around the earth. And that's measured in latitude, planets that are above or below. The, the sun is always on the ecliptic, that's the measurement. But declination is the earth's equator. So the sun, the solstices are the highest, the, the, the farthest that the sun gets the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn above the celestial equator, right? And that's mm -hmm. how we measure the seasons. That's how we demarcate the beginning of the, the seasons. So, and same with the eclipses, the equinoxes, right? That's when the sun is on, on the celestial equator. So now that's out of the way. Stars in parallel by declination are all like a conjunction. A conjunction relative to the Earth's, the center of the Earth, right? So she says, and again, this is Ariel Gutman who says this, Gutman, Mars conjuncts the node on August 1st, but an extension in its impact will be felt for another two weeks minimum. This is due to the fact that the parallel of the two will take place on the 10th of August. Mm. Yeah. So That's she, exciting. It is. I mean, so it's, this, is, this is for a while. This is yeah. happening multiple levels so right it's not just by longitude and this is another thing that my fundamentals course which is going to be again in the fall discusses what i call cosmic considerations which are the sky reality of where planets are and declination and latitude are two of the sky realities that we need to consider not just longitude right, right? not just you know where the where planets meet up on the chart by longitude, but latitude is equally important. And that's why when we talked about the Mars-Neptune conjunction we were talking about, it was powerful because it's an it was an occultation, meaning the planets were together by latitude and longitude. That really, really brings even more power. So astronomy yeah. speaking aside, I love it. It really brings in this oh multivalent the whole you know, dimension of yeah, a whole nother dimension. Right? Out. Got it. Yeah. And it's it, like they always say, every picture tells a story. And you're showing us with with when we bring in the conversations for um, declination and and, mm -hmm. and and such that these are um, multi yeah multi dimensional and they're very deep. They're deep, rich stories with lots of facets. Yes. And, and it tells more of the story. Yes, you got it. You got it. The Leo okay. in me is very excited. Uh, very cool. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is all right. I love stories. Leo season, it's all about storytelling. <laughs> so I hope that everybody, um, that you, if whoever's listening, yeah, I have the uh, link below. Go check out this course uh, that it, I feel it's, it's important. And is this course for people who already have a, a pretty good understanding of astrology or what, what level do you oh. think people need to have to participate? Good question. Um, I would say a basic knowledge and curiosity of astrology. Yes. Um, no, it doesn't have to be advanced. Anybody at any level can. It's it's amazing how many professional astrologers even have no idea to incorporate. Wow, how close was the planet? You know, my planet is retrograde. What does that mean? Well, retrograde planets mean that they're closest to Earth that they get in their cycle. Oh, what does that mean? literally it has it brings in a whole other story yeah story to 
you know, someone who has been told, well, your Mars is in detriment or whatever, but Mars is actually powerful in other ways. You can get that through these different cosmic considerations in the chart. How fast was the planet going? How bright was it when you were born? So you're right. planet, you could have been born with a planet beneath the horizon at birth, but it was actually really visible during that period, like 24 hours or 12 hours later, its relationship with the sun was such that it was farther away from the sun and it was super visible. So this yeah. is a whole new dynamic. Mitigates so, things. Um, the, the, the dates for the fundamentals course, and again, not to confuse this with a uh, sign house and aspect fundamentals. These are fundamentals of these sky considerations. That's not gonna happen again until the fall, but the, the fine tuning course is happening starting in August and that's gonna be fun. We already have a good group of people forming for that. And these are very intimate groups to, to study and really, really fun. Um, I mean, I'm really enthusiastic about it, so. Fun, okay. exciting discoveries. Yeah. Lots, okay. deep rabbit holes to chew on. I just, mm. I just love that. Yeah, awesome. All righty. Well, I'm so glad you were able to join us again and take time from your busy schedule. I'm always so grateful. Uh, oh. I love all of your insights and um, you are, you are very well loved amongst all of us. Oh, oh, thank you. It's, it's always fun and a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll stay in touch and, you know, keep checking in with each other on, you know, how's it, how's this conjunction going for you? And it's <laughs> a very well lit up, exciting August. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. yeah. That's good, for sure. Lots of good, good stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, my dear. Well, um, so again, Andrea Michelle and your um, it's precioushumanbirth.com is is your email. I mean, your I'm sorry, website and people can reach you through that website, um, your email. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, great. So um, I appreciate everybody always, you know, like sharing, subscribing is always wonderful that spreads this this good work out all over the planet in honor of not since Alexander the Great, right? Yeah. <laughs> this exposure of astrology. Yes. So here we are, right? Carrying forth, um, you know, cycles and things repeat themselves. And we are in this new flourishing, this new renaissance of astrology. So very grateful. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you all so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. This is Irliana Samsara and Andrea Michelle. And uh, signing off for now. And we wish you the very, very best and have outrageous fun and um, excitement and may enlightenment bless us all during this wonderful conjunction of Mars, the North Node and Uranus. Woo! <laughs> all right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone. Bye for now.